If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you, and it's a great Arab Shabbos because it's a great Shabbos and a beautiful week coming ahead. It's the week that contains the incredible festival of Purim, that joyous day that tells us about the miracle where the entire Jewish people were saved. Taman had this terrible, terrible plan to kill all the Jews, all the Jews in the world in one day, and miraculously they were saved. And this is why it is indeed a most festive day with tremendous celebration and since time immemorial, when you say the word Purim, there is always a smile, an expression of joy, an expression of tremendous, tremendous festivity. It's a day that young and old express that incredible sense of appreciation and thanksgiving to God. We were saved from that tyrant Haman, and we continue to be the people that we are. And of course, if the festival of Purim is going to come this week, the Shabbat, the Shabbos before Purim, is always Shabbos Zachor. Shabbos that we have to remember. And what do we remember? We read in the Torah how Amalek, from whom Haman is a descendant, Amalek attacked the Jewish people. And just a reminder, it's absolutely important, incumbent, the duty for everyone, men and women, young and old, to be in shul tomorrow, to hear that portion being read of how Amalek attacked the Jewish people. And we have to remember that because we have to erase the memory of Amalek. Sounds like, well, incongruent. How can you remember and erase the memory at the same time. And this is something which is important for us to understand. We cannot forget. Forgetting is something which is destructive. Forgetting indicates that somehow we erase an important part of our past. We have a long and proud history. We have a history of greatness, of nobility. We have a history that goes all the way back to Abraham and beyond to the beginning of creation. We have a history where God gave us tremendous, tremendous responsibilities and privileges. And he told us precisely how to behave in this incredible world that God brought into being. He gave us all sorts of instructions, all sorts of laws, all sorts of duties to fulfill. And we dare not forget, because if we forget, we somehow bring about an eclipse, not only in our minds, but in the whole development of our people throughout history. What was our biggest mistake? Our biggest mistake is when we forget the past, whether we do so on purpose or accidentally, whether we forget what happened in the past simply because, well, perhaps nobody told us, or perhaps we consciously forget the past. This is something that we as a people cannot, indeed dare not to. We have to remember. And therefore, when Shabbos Zachor comes along, this is a stern reminder, a very clear instruction. Zachor, remember, because our past is something which is absolutely important. Our past makes 
our present understandable and it makes our future clear as well. Now, what is it we have to remember? We have to remember that once upon a time, we came out of Egypt and we were marching to Sinai to receive the Torah. And Amalek was a formidable enemy. He was a grandson of Esau. Esau was one who had vowed to destroy Jacob. And Esau said, Jacob and I are two separate worlds. Jacob believes in morality and decency and goodness. I believe in power, in might, in strength. I believe that the human being has the right to control this physical world. Jacob lives in a dream world. He believes in God. He believes in all sorts of strange and distant things. And this is why Esau could not tolerate the existence of Jacob. Amalek is the one who tries to implement that philosophy of Esau in a most practical sort of way. When he sees the incredible miracle of the Jewish people coming out of Egypt, a slave people coming out with strength, coming out with power, seeing the incredible miracles, slave people coming out of Egypt, Egypt was the most powerful land, not one slave ever escaped and here are millions of people marching out with pride with dignity with tremendous strength the story of the splitting of the sea again and again miracle after miracle Amalek says he cannot allow this people to reach Sinai because if these people actually reach Sinai and receive the Torah it will become a world where God's law will indeed become the law. And the so-called strength and power of Amalek that he inherits from Esau will no longer be the strength and power of the world. It will forever be challenged by the ethics and morality and dignity of Torah and its law. And he attacks the Jewish people. The entire world stands in awe of the Jewish people. God has shown miracle upon miracle to this people. The world stands back in awe of God and his people. And Amalek has the chutzpah, the audacity to attack the Jewish people. And in this way, he in fact communicates to the rest of the world don't be so impressed with this people. Don't be impressed with the God who protects this people. I will show you, says Amalek, that I can and will destroy them. The message that he sends out to the world is despite the fact that God, so to speak, protects this people and miraculously carries them, and they are marching towards Sinai, in order to somehow bring into effect the eternal bond of the Jewish people through Torah, I will show you that the might of power will ultimately reign forever. And what happens? He attacks them in a moment of weakness. And this is what we have to remember. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Amalek and how he attacked the Jewish people and how the Jewish people have to remember that event for a number of reasons. What did Amalek want to do? Amalek wanted to destroy the Jews because he realized the Jews were the symbol 
of that which God wanted to implement in the world by giving the world the Torah. That the world has to be a place that is based upon the laws of decency, of morality, of goodness. The laws of God has to govern the world. Amalek was convinced, no, it's the laws of man, power, might, ruthless strength. He who is strong rules, he who is strong succeeds. But he saw the Jew as the witness, the symbol of one who will fulfill the will of God. Because if the Jew makes it to Sinai, he will accept upon himself the bond through Torah. And this is why Amalek was determined to destroy the Jewish people. But he also knew that the Jewish people are protected by God. And therefore, he had to devise a plan through which and by which he could attack the Jewish people. So what did he do? He looked for the weak. He looked for the stragglers at the back of the great march of the Jewish people. And that's where he attacked them. He attacked the tired and the weak. And he felt that once he had that ability to attack a portion of the Jewish people, he would ultimately have the strength to attack all of them. Amalek is devious, he's sly, he's cunning. He knows the weakness of each and every single one. And this is why we have to remember. We have to remember because this is a recurring threat throughout history. We're always being challenged. As Jews, we're always being challenged not to fulfill that incredible privilege and duty of being the witnesses through our behavior and our faith to the law of God, to Torah. And Amoli comes to us in all sorts of different disguises because he is subtle and he is clever. And above all, he knows what our weaknesses are. He knows when we are tired. He knows where that point of attack can take place. And as I've often said, what is memory? Memory is not only the ability of remembering something in the past. Memory is that incredible ability to go into oneself and to know oneself on a deeper and more profound level. A great many people know themselves on a superficial level. But memory is also the vehicle. It's a gateway to know oneself on a more profound level, to know one's strengths, one's abilities, and yes, one's weaknesses as well. And when a person applies that dimension of memory to life, then a person is a far stronger position. First of all, he knows his strengths, he knows his abilities, and he is able to develop those strengths, those abilities. He also recognizes his weaknesses, and he can protect himself against an attack on those weaknesses. All of us, each and every one of us, has a weakness or two, perhaps even more. But sometimes, if we're not aware of those weaknesses, that's precisely where Amalek will and can attack. And Amalek doesn't come across or attack us as an enemy. Amalek can cloak himself as pious, as a friend, as someone who comes along for our benefit, 
But all a Amalek really wants is to come and hurt us where we don't even realize he is going to attack. And this is why we have to use the deeper dimension of memory of Zachor to know who we are, our strengths, and perhaps more importantly, our weaknesses, so that we can protect them and recognize when Amalek approaches in the many different disguises that he comes along with. Because Amalek is, as I said before, very, very clever, sly, devious. Amalek introduces himself as someone who is close to us and a friend. But all Amalek wants to do is to undermine that which we stand for and who we are. All Amalek wants to do is to break that incredible, infinite and eternal bond that we have. He weakens us. He makes us think that that which we consider to be holy and proper is unimportant. And that is the ongoing perennial attack of Amalek. And this is why each and every single year when we come to the Shabbos before Purim, we must be in shul and hear that reading. Zachor, remember, don't forget. Timche, you have to erase that element that's trying to destroy you. Why have the Jewish people gone through so many difficult times? It's because we have forgotten who we are. Yes, we have suffered even though we know who we are. But more so, we have gone through tremendous trials because we have forgotten who we are. And when we forget, we are attacked. Yes, we might think that we are, well, living in a brand new wonderful world without any difficulties. We think that Amalek embraces us with both hands. The fact remains what he does is destroy the identity and strength that we possess. Zachor, the Torah says, remember, remember, because memory enables us to know who and what we are. And not only as a people generally, collectively, as a nation but as an individual as well. Because when we take a look at the reading, when you'll hear it tomorrow in shul, it's in the singular that this is told to us. Zachor, remember what Amalek did, lecha, to you, singular. Because this battle is not only a national or collective battle of a nation against a nation. It's a battle of an individual going through life. And every one of us has that battle. Each and every single individual has to battle in terms of making sure that your strengths and qualities are enhanced and your weaknesses are protected and somehow changed for the better. Because the Amalek, and the Amalek might be within you, Amalek might be that type of thought within yourself that can and will undermine your thinking. It might be that dimension within yourself that wants to weaken the true you, the true individual that you really are. That's the great battle of life. And this is why before Purim, 
Purim being that time when we express the incredible joy of survival. The incredible joy when in one moment we saw that Haman, who was a descendant of Amalek, who tried to once and for all destroy all the Jews in one day, in one moment. And we saw the miraculous transformation from absolute darkness to absolute light. And the joy that followed, it's precisely then that we have to ask ourselves, do we remember, both as a nation and individuals, are we looking into ourselves and recognizing the reality of that dynamic within our own situation? Not only as some distant historical event, not only as something which happened in the past, but do we understand it within the current reality of our own existence as a nation alive today, as an individual trying to cope with the realities of life in our own personal situations? Do we recognize who the Amalek is in our lives and do we see the fact that a Amalek in our own lives is trying to undermine that which we are, that incredible, powerful individual. And how many times have I spoken about how great we are, the potential that we possess, the mind, the heart, the soul, the body? How many times have I spoken about the abilities that we have? We tend to underestimate our greatness. And that, too, is a symptom of the Amalek thinking. We tend to underestimate the abilities that we have. We tend to underestimate the strengths that we have. We tend to underestimate who we are. That type of negative thinking is an Amalek dynamic. And that has to be challenged. And how do we challenge that? Zachor, remember, look into yourself and recognize the strength and power and potential that you have. And once we do that, as I've been talking about the last few weeks, the net result of that type of thinking, the conclusion is intense and powerful, dramatic joy. Because once we recognize our potential and we work at realizing, putting into effect that which we possess, there is no greater joy than that. And this is why the Shabbos before Purim, we say Zachor, we meet a Amalek head on and we approach Purim with a different type of strength, of recognition. And the joy becomes so much more intense and so much more powerful and so much more personal. It's not some story that happened 100 years ago or 200 years ago or 500 years ago or 1,000 or 2,000 years ago. It is something that I relive here today. And it's not only about nations and physical enemies. It's about this incredible internal struggle over which I have succeeded and I have come through with a tremendous sense of clarity and purpose. I have seen myself and my strengths. I have seen myself and recognized my Amalek and I have beaten 
that Amalek within myself. This is Zachor. And this is why it's so important to be in shul and to hear the reading of Zachor, what he will do to you individually. And we listen to that and we respond by saying no. Amalek, I know who you are. And despite the fact that you clothe yourself in such wonderful, wonderful disguises and uniforms in order to ingratiate yourself to me, I recognize who you really are. And I won't allow you to attack my weaknesses. I won't allow you to attack who I am. I am a devoted person who made certain promises at Sinai and I will fulfill them because Torah and mitzvot are part and parcel of my life. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Amalek, but it's also Parsha Vayikra. Not only Parsha Vayikra, but we begin to read the third, the new book of Vayikra, the book of Leviticus. They were talking about the Parsha Vayikra, opening up the third new book. We concluded the book of Shmot of Exodus last week, we called out Chazak, Chazak, Benit Chazak, and this week we are starting again the third book. And the third book is an important and special book because it deals with carbonot, it deals with sacrifices. And while sacrifice is something which is so difficult to understand, it is, after all, the primary function of what took place in the temple. It is the method through which the closeness became evident between B'nai Israel, the Jewish people, and God himself. And when the temple was destroyed, our sages tell us that our prayers replaced the offerings, the sacrifices, because that ultimately indicates the process of korban, which comes from the word kiruv, which comes from the word getting closer to Hashem. Sages tell us something very interesting, that as the third book, it's in the middle of five, two on the right and two on the left, and in a sense it becomes the backbone, the spine of the five books of Moshe. The first do deal with the creation of the world, the formation of the family of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. The second book deals with the development of the Jewish people, receiving the Torah, the last two, with what happened to the Jewish people as they wandered through the wilderness, and of course the repetition, Vayikra is the center, the center which talks about Avodah, the service, how the Jewish people live their lives. And what's the key to the Avodah of the Jewish people? The Avodah of the Jewish people is based upon a life of sacrifice, not sacrifice in the literal sense of the word, but sacrifice in the sense of giving something up. Now, most people, most people know that when you give up something, it gives you a tremendous sense of inner satisfaction. A lot of people think the more I have, the more I get, the more I receive, the happier I will be. It's not true. The more I give, the more I share, the happier I am. I've seen it in practice. When people give something, it brings out from within them a tremendous sense of purpose and accomplishment, a smile on their face, 
Yes, of course, when you receive something, you're happy. Of course, when you get something, there is a sense of satisfaction, but not nearly as great as when you give something, as when you share. Because when you open up and you take something that is within yourself and you give it to a higher person, purpose, to another person, that is when the greatness of self-development actually becomes evident. This is what Vayikra is all about. Training oneself how to give, to give oneself to Hashem, to God, to give oneself to another human being. The art of giving. And the art of giving, that's what sacrifice is all about. What is sacrifice? Giving something up. Giving something up. Not being possessive. Not taking for oneself. Opening up. Opening up and allowing oneself to give. And this is why, how does Vayikra begin? And he called, who called? God called to Moshe. And as Rashi says, calling is an expression of tremendous love. Why tremendous love? Because this book deals with sacrifice. And this is an expression of tremendous love. When there is sacrifice, when there is the art of giving and giving up, that is when love is possible. The love of God, the love of fellow Jew. When you give, that's when love becomes real. When you take, when you receive, when you want to simply have more and more and more, that's not what love is all about. And that's not what the expression of love is all about. Love is possible only when you give. And this is why this is the backbone. This is the spine of the five books of the Torah. Because the development of a people coming out of slavery, standing at Sinai, the wandering through the wilderness, the repetition of the entire Torah, all of this depends upon the ability of each and every one of us developing the art of sacrifice, big, small, the idea of giving something up, of taking, as I mentioned before, a weakness and giving it up, of having something which is important and sharing it with someone else, of opening up, not always looking to gain, but looking to give, because that is the source of the greatest degree of satisfaction. And again, I want to remind you, be in shul tomorrow. You have to hear that portion of Zachor, remembering what Amalek did. Wednesday night is Purim, remember, you have to hear the Megillah Wednesday night and Thursday. Great days coming ahead. And when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the portion of sacrifices, but also remember and know that at the end, the second Torah is taken out, and in that portion, you will hear the story of Amalek. Listen to it carefully. It's telling you, you personally, something beautiful. Have a great Shabbat Zachor. Have a tremendous Purim. Celebrate, enjoy in every sense of the word. Learn how to give. Learn how to share. Learn how to celebrate. Have tremendous, tremendous joy. Good job.